The following is a Mission Studios podcast. Coming to you pre-recorded and edited from Mission Studios, this is the Missionary Position Podcast. We believe that offense is taken, not given. That humor can be found in anything and everything. That owning your shit is more important than worrying about someone else's. It's Sunday. It's May 12th, Mother's Day. Ew. I'm Jason. And I'm AC. On this week's episode... We eat shit. Literally. We try to figure out which lives matter. We thank you for being a friend. And we ignore the fact that our schedule's been a little bit off. So lube up. Turn off the lights. Lay down. And get ready for some hot Californication. This is episode 27. So I was thinking, and wondering, and going through all that humming and hawing shit. Musing. Musing. Why do I keep doing that with words the last few Musing? <laughs> Is it amusing? Do I amuse you? <laughs> You're supposed to put your, baby, your pinky up by the front of your mouth. And uh, then my, my, my pinky was in my anus. Maybe I, that's where the woo is coming from. Oh, yeah, fair enough. It's almost like a Rick Rude kind of back, back in the day. <laughs> that took like literally, what, two seconds for me to go lowbrow? Of course. <laughs> Okay, so you were musing. So, yeah, and I was wondering, you know, looking around society today and seeing how people interact, realistically, how many people are there in your life that you can truly 100% count on? Sadly, not enough. Very, very few, actually. Okay, so under five? Is that fair? Definitely under five, yeah. Okay, and I'm very much in the same boat. And between the two of us, we know a shit ton of people. Oh, we sure do. Now, how many people have you seen in relation to us that have people around them that are loyal? Not because of money, just because of, of the type of person you are, the loyalty that somebody should You mean carry. like how many of my friends would have like outside of me true friends in the same sense that they could count on? Right, or even people that they work with, that they're hiring or whatever. I may not be in the best position to, like, make that determination, but, I mean, from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. I think probably less than we've got. Because I've been reading a lot of articles, and back in the day, and I'm going to, you know, go 50s, loyalty was one of the things humanity carried a very high pride for. So comparing today, you know, they say, you know, like, well, what's different from today that it was to then, and you know, millennials and this type of... Well, black people can drink and... off the same water fountain as we can, I guess, is the biggest thing. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't look like there's a lot of loyalty anymore. It looks like so many people are so worried about doing for themselves and this self-propagating or self-fulfilling fantasies that people have about, you know, look at me, I'm number one. The whole world revolves around me. I don't really know anybody, short of yourself, that I could go to 100% of the time for 100% of the shit. Yeah, and you know, like when you say that, it's um, it's really tempting for me to say, okay, well, you know, the... The reason that you can count on me is because there's certain things I bring to the table knowing that I can count on you, right? Like it's a reciprocal, uh, almost like a symbiotic uh, trust and uh, dependability that we have. Right. But I'm sort of reluctant to commit to that only because like, I can think of at least one person who I, I really considered to be a friend who really shit the bed as far as like the loyalty department went. Um, not that long ago with me and I'm thinking you know like I I gave this person 
basically my all as far as loyalty and respect and and all that and when everything sort of fell apart I mean, without getting into the boring details i mean i was left feeling kind of you know not just disappointed but like honestly surprised that he had treated me in that way right because i i just i wouldn't have expected to see that coming just based on what i brought to the table so did you you mean like you left like left high and dry kind of scenario or yeah kind of so i mean that sort of got me thinking kind of along the same lines that you've been thinking whereas like wondering okay well what what's different here like i mean you and i were both sort of like not necessarily both raised old school but we both in a lot of ways kind of are old school right like a man's word is bond you know like um well except for being that we're in the 2000s it's a person's bond is there yeah, I mean, obviously you want to update these old-timey garbage sexist uh, slogans to be, like, more in- inclusive. Yeah, but, I mean, ultimately, like, you know, your yes is yes, your no is no. If you make a fucking... Um, commitment. A commitment. Yeah, I was going to say a promise, but I think a commitment is a little bit more broad. You you honor it. Right. And if you can't honor it, you make sure you got a damn good fucking reason. Not just an excuse, but, like... A reason mm-hmm. and an explanation that's actually going to carry some goddamn weight, not just, oh, I wasn't feeling it today. Right. You know, so, I mean, anyways, to flash back, I mean, here I am in this position dealing with this person, my my friend, and I'm thinking, like, holy shit, like, I may, maybe we're not friends. Maybe we were never friends because if we were friends, he wouldn't have treated me this way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a conversation a little bit after that fact, I mean, he was actually quite emotional and, you know, expressed to me that he did consider me a friend. I'm thinking like, okay, well, maybe we're just not like defining friendship the same way, or maybe we're not putting the same amount of weight on it. Because right, a lot of times, both of we, a lot of people use English terminology different. Sure. Right. But I'm thinking like, you know, I, I've got lots of acquaintances, tons mm-hmm. of acquaintances. And, you know, there's a lot of strangers with whom I'm on friendly terms but, you know, in order for me to call somebody a friend, you know, like that to me means something. And I'm going to sound a little mushy here and squishy, but I mean, I can honestly say that any single person that I consider my friend, I love and value them. Right. And, you know, there's an expectation that they would return that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly like I, I, I enjoy that with you and maybe our relationship's a little bit you know, carries a lot more weight than some of my other friendships, but it, it, it's not that I expect that the other friendships to be empty. Right. But they often seem to be. Yeah. And, and if you're not in a position to have a little bit of hindsight and, and realize, you know, okay, I'm making a promise. My ass can't, I may, I'm, I'm writing a check. My ass can't cash. Right. Then maybe you should rethink what you're doing, you know, quit making these false, I'm going to do this or I'll be there for you in this. And, you know, with our relationship, a lot of over years, you both of us have proven that one way or another we're going to be there. Yeah. But I've I have friends who I've known longer than you, twenty five years even, that I can't rely on. Hmm. Never really could. There's, I think, a loss in society for commitment because people are so fucking wrapped up in themselves. Well, it's it's interesting that you bring up like the idea of people being wrapped up in in themselves, right? Because I mean, I listened to uh, a TED talk a couple of years back. And the, the basic premise of the, the talk was that um, ultimately 
like the good the good deeds that we do like i i think the focus was more on altruism charity in in the the context of this talk but they were suggesting that all altruistic acts are ultimately based in self-preservation right right it's all part of the establishment of the social contract right if i treat you decently i don't kill you i don't steal from you i don't intentionally cause you harm i do so with the understanding that if that is the uh, level on which we engage i'm ultimately covering my own ass because if i don't do these things to you you'll be less likely to do them back to me like the right. negatives right so i mean kind of i, I would imagine that largely a, a lot of the, the the things that we bring to any relationship as like people in general not just you and i right. they are to a degree i would think self-serving right i mean you treat your your significant other right because you've got to spend a significant amount of time with them you don't want that time to be spent arguing or shittiness you want to right. be able to have regular sex that sort of thing right <laughs> yeah. so i mean like it's not like you treat them right necessarily for their complete benefit with no consideration for yourself right. now when i'm going to contrast like that normal kind of approach to doing things to like the way you and i relate i think what's really uh, changed especially the last year or so is that whereas before i could have said like if somebody's gonna say well like you and jason don't seem to have a hell of a lot in common like why are you friends with him and i could have honestly said i mean this wouldn't have been the end of it but i could have honestly said well you know i mean the guy's there for me and if i want him to be there for me then i gotta be there for him right. like it was very like a like a transaction i guess yeah and but, most relationships are but the interesting thing is, is like when I relate to you now, it's not, it's no longer the, the, the kind of equation where I do what's, or I, I consider what's best for you, or I consider what works for you because I'm at all thinking about what the payback will be for me. It's not like, okay, well, what's best for me or what's best for you? It's just a broader question of what's best. Right. Right. Presumably you feel the same way in, in return. I think that's a symbiosis that comes from the level of communication that we have and the level of understanding that we've developed. So, I mean, like to go back to your original question, like what, what the fuck is like changed now back compared to like back in the good old days, as you said, right. I, I think, um, whereas that natural focus is inclined to be on, you know, self-serving interests, mm -hmm. I think that the focus has shifted too heavily onto that and the, it's the other stuff that's been forgotten about. Right. And, and in that, I totally agree. There's no more, I do this because I want to be perceived fair. It's now I do this because I want to be perceived as a good person. It doesn't matter if I'm there for anybody else, but if people perceive that I am, I can say, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be there for you if you need me. And then I need you once in five years. And you're not there. You know, it's not like I have received shit from a lot of people saying, oh, you're not there. So, you know, if they need a ride to the doctors, I'm there. They need help shopping. I go help them do their shopping, give them a ride home, you know, a couple bucks here and there, whatever. They're feeling really sad. I talk to them. They call me up two weeks after we've had this year worth of giving. And, oh, sorry, I don't have any gas right now. I can't drive you to the grocery store. Oh, I thought you said you'd always be there for me. But I have. The last year and a half, I've been there almost every freaking time you've needed me. 
And now that I don't have the gas to do it because I spent a lot of my gas driving your ass around, you're going to try to make me feel guilty for not being there? Yeah. Like, what is this shit all about? This is part of the... Ep- What's the word I'm looking for? Part of the... I guess it's become a pandemic of meanness. You know, the Me Too movement. It's supposed to be everybody's included. But the reality is, if you really look into the Me Too movement, it's, oh, I need to be included, so I'm there also. I need to look important, so I'm there also. Yeah, I, I think that was one of those unfortunate examples of a meaningful movement that got hijacked by, you know, some idiots. Exactly. I totally 100 Because I was definitely that. part of the Me Too movement, and I still fully support it, despite right. the bad apples in the bunch. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. you got to be a lot more cautious now, though, when you go into it, because of those bad apples. Well, you don't always know going in what kind of dick faces are going to show up after you in line, right? Right. Going back to, you know, like a person's word being their bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that was largely born out of the idea that, you know, your your public image was sort of like almost like your social credit rating in a way, right? Yeah. And how you were perceived by others actually was meaningful in a practical sense. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is, is that what is largely shifted, not for everybody, but for enough people where we're having this fucking conversation, what shifted is that instead of protecting our credibility by doing the right thing and honoring our obligations and being honest and ethical and dependable, we try to protect our credibility by making excuses for the fact that we are none of those things. Right. You know, like it's, it's, I, I wasn't there cause you know, my, something came up or, you know, I, I lied to protect your feelings or, you know, I, you know, just any number of fucking stupid excuses, yes. but you know, excuses and reasons, they seem to have become interchangeable as well. Yeah. Like we just, there are, I don't believe there are any more valid reasons. Most people make excuses. And I don't know, maybe like the people like us, I mean, we are ethical and honest and, you know, we are, we, at, at the very least, we make our best effort to be dependable. Right. Maybe we're partially to blame too, because we play the fucking game. Like, you know, if somebody offers us some lame ass excuse. I mean, how often do we just, you know, appear to accept it because we couldn't be bothered to fucking be lied to anymore. We couldn't be bothered to get dragged into that conversation. It's almost like we enable these people to be this way. Mm-hmm. And and part of part of me realizing this and wanting to talk about this was because of a couple of different situations that happened. And, and I've had enough, you know, I'm just, if people come to me with excuses anymore, oh, I can't do this or I'm going to blame you for that shit. I'm not going to play nice anymore. I'm just going to fucking put it right out there and tell them, hey, when you decide to have the same honor for yourself that I do, then you'll start following your shit. Then you can turn around and start saying, hey, yeah, I can blame you for this or I can blame you for that because you're following through with what you said you're going to do. Yeah, it's it's kind of a frustrating situation to be in, right? Like, I, I really like to do for people. Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, if it's the kind of thing where, like, I can give of myself and somebody can benefit, you know, anything within my power, I'm going to do it. Right. Right up until the point where I get lied to or fucked over once too many, and like, or get yelled at for not being there that one time. Yeah, the the part that bugs me the most about it is I don't like to like if I do something for somebody, I don't look at it as okay. Well, so and so owes me a favor now. I just think of it as like okay. Well, I was glad I was there to help. Right. But there's only so many times in a row you can be glad that you were there to help before you start resenting the situation and you end up starting to sort of take an inventory of all the things you've done for this person that haven't come about. And it, it's not really like a, a case of like, I expect, you know, tit for tat. It's just a case of like, 
just appreciate the fact that I'm willing to be there for you, if nothing else. But when you don't reciprocate ever, and you're like kind of an asshole about it, I mean, that's sending the loud and clear message that, no, I don't appreciate, I expect. Right. You know, and I totally agree. When I'm doing something nice for people, I don't go in thinking, oh, they're going to owe me, or, oh, I'm doing this because they got to do this, or, or really even payback, you know? Oh, you need $20 worth of groceries because you don't have any cash? I don't care. I'll spend $20 and help you out. What the fuck ever? And I couldn't do that for a number of years. But the second you get mad at me because now I'm not going out of my way to do it. Yeah, I'm an inconvenience to you while I'm doing you a favor. That's when I got a fucking problem. Yeah. And and that seems to be happening more in society as a, as a general rule than the exception. Okay, so is this just sort of like you needing to like get this shit off your chest, or do you think that there is something that we can change moving forward? Well, I think we, as a society, have to change this. You know, I've been listening to you a lot while we've been, while we've been doing this show, and I've been taking a lot of inventory. And though I think for the most part people are still shitty, I believe everybody has the possibility of being good now. Yeah, we all got potential. Yes. And we as a society should start really taking stock and making this potential a reality. So how in 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 a practical way, like how do you see that playing out? Oh, I wish I knew. <laughs> okay. No, it, I think it's going to be different for everybody. You know, some people will have certain ways about them that they do for others. And in general, stop taking everything for granted, I guess. Yeah. And, and I guess for like those of us who are feeling slighted by, you know, those people in our lives who don't really engage in what we deem to be like, and I hate to say an acceptable level, but I guess they don't engage us in a way that works for us. There's nothing wrong with just calling them out like not like in a accusatory way but just saying look this is how i am reacting to the way you approach me Uh they may not be aware of it even right and sometimes just like a little bit of honest communication a little bit of an honest wake-up call might change everything It, it just as easily might not but i mean for fuck's sake like if we don't at least try then all we're doing is blowing hot air and nothing changes for the positive. Right. And that that's what we have to do as a society on a whole. We have to actually try, not give lip service and say we are or make false promises. If you're not going to do something, don't even pretend you're going to. Yeah. Just say no. Sorry, Therefore, no, I can't. Right. And if you do say yeah, bust your ass in being there when you do that. Yes. Don't go around expecting everybody to help you when you're not willing to lift a fucking finger. Okay, so I had a bit of an interesting conversation on Sunday morning. I had a, a meal cooked for me, and I was eating the meal, and it was just sort of like a basic meal, right? Like, right. Nothing special one way or the other. And um, <laughs> it was kind of funny because, like, the person who cooked for me is like, you know, like, you know, I hope you like this, you know, sorry if it's, like, you know, not to your liking or whatever, and... I said sort of like half jokingly, like, hey, it's not a big deal. Like, I've eaten like literal fecal matter. So, like, whatever oh. you've actually prepared, <laughs> it, it couldn't be that bad. 
there there was an element of truth to that because she's like, well, what do you mean? Like you've eaten fecal matter. And it's like, well, years ago when I lived in Paraguay, like my my dad was <laughs> my dad was a missionary, and I was sort of like a kid who was dragged along for the ride. And we were out in the middle of butt fucking nowhere, and like the people. Just a side note: You're a fucking asshole. The, the 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 people that he was like missionarying to—that's a word. Look it up. <laughs> they um, they were poor as dirt. That in and of itself, whatever, not a big deal. But uh, culturally speaking, like there, there are people where like it doesn't matter how fucking poor you are, if you've got people that are visiting you or they're doing shit for you, then you know you prepare them a meal, and it's like the height of offense if the people visiting don't accept the meal, you know, just because you're poor, just because you can't afford it or whatever. So the lady that was preparing the meal the whole time, she's like getting, she's basically making some tortillas or whatever, right, and um. So she's got her bag of flour, and the whole time she's, like, going through the flour, she's, like, just complaining about the guy who ran the local store. You know, the guy's such a pig. He's such this. He's such that. And uh, finally, my dad just went to her and said, like, look, like, what's the big deal? It's just, well, this guy's dirty. The the rats have been in the flour. And he's like, okay, well, what would you do if we weren't here? And she said, well, we just eat it because that's what you do. And he's like, okay, well, then don't worry about it. We'll just eat it. So she's like making the food with this dirty rat mm-hmm. flour. And um, my dad sort of leaned over and whispered in my ears, like, okay, if you see anything in your food, just sort of pick it out, eat around it or whatever, because, you know, you don't, you don't want to know why. <coughs> I'm like, look, dad, I think I know where you're going with this, but if I see anything in my food, I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm going to throw up. So I'm just going to have to like squint my eyes and fucking eat it, which I did. <laughs> but that that's the the last I'm going to mention of that. So hopefully your dry heaves will, will get down to like a minimum. But uh, it, it sort of got me thinking, like, do we take that approach in other areas of life? It's like, you know, whether it be like dealing with your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever the fuck the case may be, you know that they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. But you fucking eat it because you don't want to cause offense or because you're hungry or because any number of things. But like we eat a lot of metaphorical shit for a lot of different reasons. And we intentionally don't look at it. Right. <laughs> Holy. Yeah, that's... Wow, that is so true. <laughs> so many situations in life that we deal with that we just you know this person's kind of shitty i don't really want to talk to them and they come over and they start spewing their shit and we just okay you know you don't i don't want to be an asshole so i'm just gonna sit here and not upset anybody and eat shit (laughs) (laughs) that is so true one of those things that i'm sort of coming to terms with like coming out of a 13-year marriage now is I, i think her and i fed each other a lot of shit fair enough and both of us in our own ways just squinted our eyes because, you know, we wouldn't have been able to gag this shit down if we were looking at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think in a way we're kind of like that, that that lady that, you know, was like preparing the food. Just like, you know, complaining about the shop owner. Well, he was dirty. He let the, you know, whatever happen. We make excuses for the shit that we serve to people too. Yeah. Maybe she should have looked at the fucking flower before she bought it. I mean, that would have been taking some goddamn responsibility. Yeah, you know this guy's a fucking pig. Maybe don't shop there. 
Maybe a lot of things, right? Maybe sift it before the people come. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't tell people, hey, I know that I'm feeding you shit. <laughs> at least then you can, like, claim ignorance later. It <laughs> might, be this, might, might be dishonest, but at least, you know, you've given yourself an out on some level. Not just like, here's a plate of shit. Fucking enjoy, motherfucker. Sorry, I burnt the hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cajun spice. <laughs> no, it's Cajun mice. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you made yourself. <coughs> There's one oh. thing I will literally never get tired of. Me I think making myself gig. I think just oh. about every fucking recording session we've had since episode one. Like not every episode, because you know, like a fucking dick, you take all the puking out of the show. But <laughs> not when I edit, motherfucker. <laughs> Well, at least half of them I've had a gag in, I think. But yeah, I'm almost wondering, like, you know, in retrospect, did I handle things wrong? And and that's the part I don't know, because on one hand, like, who in their fucking right mind is like, yeah, I'm like, totes going to eat shit because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Like, certainly she would have understood that, you know, you're dealing with a couple of North Americans here that maybe aren't used to eating like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we projected too much shit onto her, right? In, in in saying that or in approaching her as though like she wouldn't have understood that that's not the way we operate. Like, were we obligated to operate on her level just because we were sitting at her table? Were we obligated to check ourselves and our own inhibitions and our own hangups at the door? Were we obligated to ignore our own health in favor of somebody else's feelings? That, that's a tough call. That's a tough call that I've wrestled with a lot over the years. Because mm-hmm. on one hand, I think, you know, I I think I did the right thing. On the other hand, I'm thinking, well, what the fuck was I thinking? And, and not just with the, the dirty flour and the mousy tortillas, but, you know, like I, I think about a lot of the interactions I've had with, with people over the years. I mean, it'd be tempting to rip on my ex-wife, but I mean that's like shooting fucking fish in a barrel and it's not fair because the situation's fresh, but even looking back over the years, like ex-girlfriends, ex-friends, ex-employers, ex, 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 mm-hmm. whatever all, the ex happens to be. Yeah. You know, all these fucking people and all the shit that I've fed to them and expected them to consume with a smile on their face or all the shit that they've fed me, which I just, I can't look at it because if I look at it, I'm not going to, going to enjoy the experience. Right. But how much more enjoyable would the experiences be if we just be straight with each other and say, you know what, I'm not eating your shit, and at the same time, I'm not feeding you any of mine. Mm-hmm. Which is where we've probably come to now, but you live and you learn from your experiences. So your question about, you know, did you do the right thing? Well, you had to do what you had to do in that moment. Right. And then you can learn from it afterwards. So I personally think you did what you needed to do in the moment. But, like, moving forward, I mean, like, is is it reasonable for us to, um, I, I know, like, we've, we've talked at great length about, like, taking. Offense is taken, not given. Yeah, how offense is taken, it's not given. How, like, it's not our responsibility to own somebody else's feelings or own somebody else's reaction. Right. But at the same time, we've also talked at, at fairly great length about how taking that approach to life doesn't necessarily mean that we're inconsiderate of other people's feelings or other people's reactions. Right. We speak for the most part with caution in our heads and care that 
we don't want to put somebody where they feel they have to react in a negative or, or bad way. Right. But in the same respect, I'm not going to watch my words too much because how you choose to take it, it doesn't matter how it comes out of my mouth. It's the mood you're in that's going to determine how you take that. So it's kind of a 50-50 mix. Yes, we have to be conscious. If we don't want to, if we want to make sure that what somebody says they can't take offense to, then we have to bother to explain. Well, that that's all fine if we're dealing in the unknown, right? What about if we know from experience with a person that approaching them on a certain level is necessarily going to be a problem for them? How much ownership do we take in these situations? I don't think we've ever really approached that. I would say it's on a case-by-case basis. Okay. You know, not and that, I'm not trying to use a cop-out, but the reality is, you know, if there's somebody that, let's say, is a user, but you kind of still want to try to be friends and bring them back to the light side, mm-hmm. or in our case, the dark side, <laughs> <laughs> then sometimes you have to play tough love. You have to make them eat your shit because you've been eating their shit for so long, so they Sometimes they have to understand that, you know, this is how it feels when you do it. So you're fucking doing it. I'm fucking doing it. We can either both quit or fucking both continue to do it. Yeah, fair enough. But then there's other situations where you know somebody, you know, they've been in a pattern for many of years. Or maybe maybe somebody who's got like abuse in their past, you know, that they cry easily. Right. That's, That's by being in a situation for many years. Okay. Whether that's abuse or just isolation or whatever the scenario is, you know we have to come with that in our mind. And if they still choose to be a doofus, well then, okay, then all fair love and war. I guess, I guess like most everything else that, you know, is involved with like relating to other people. I mean, really comes down to those two annoying words. It's complicated. Right. But you know, you have to go in with an open mind and, and, and uh, I'm not going to say a favorable mind, but a mindset where you're taking into consideration where they're coming from. Yeah. You know, because that will at least lessen the likelihood of somebody being offended. If I'm going to this justice warrior bullshit fucking uh, rally, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a mindset that I want to learn and understand what their point is. Not, well, fuck them. I'm going to fucking blah, 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 go fuck them up. And, you know, they're making this rally. They're all against this and against that. Well, I don't care. You're, you're getting offended because you choose to be offended. It's counterproductive. So I have to be mindful of their space when I go there. I guess, like, you know, looking back again to the original story, I mean, like, we were talking about a case of, like, trying to be respectful of a cultural difference. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't think it has to be anything that big. I mean, cultural differences, personal differences, I mean, like, people have different approaches on shit. While I, I do see some value in being mindful of, like, other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. I hate feeling like I'm bound to their expectations of me, right? It's right. like like when you're dealing with religious people, right? They they find it very, very offensive, say, if you question their beliefs or if you take the Lord's name in vain or any number of things. Right. I don't know. I, I think, like, trying to be respectful of that kind of stuff, it's like, you know, like if you, you were telling me a while back that you'd sort of changed your eating habits you know, for health reasons and you were seeing positive results because of that and whatever else, right. which cool. Like I, I get that and I respect whatever you're doing, but when I'm around you, I don't feel any obligation to adjust my food consumption to suit the formula that you have employed. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I don't think anybody in their fucking right mind would expect me to. Mm-hmm. 
but you change your situation ever so slightly. Say you have an alcohol problem and you've decided that you can't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Am I obligated to never drink or talk about alcohol in front of you? See, it starts getting a little bit grayer there. Well, I th- for, for, for for most people, right? For me, it's pretty black and white. It's you know that's a decision you've made because you have a problem. If I want to have a beer with lunch, then you don't. Yeah, yeah, because well, because we own our shit, we expect other people to own their shit too. Right. But I mean, like you're dealing with society in general, they they tend to disagree with us. Well, we're, we're going into a position we've been talking a lot about, you know, going into a situation and, and being mindful of that person's situation. Mm-hmm. Going back to your original story and all the examples we've used, those people should also have the same fucking mindset. Yeah. And, and that's they should of... also go in expecting, okay, you know what? I'm having company come over. Maybe I'll sift the flour first. Like we said earlier, or maybe I won't make those. Maybe I'll just make something different. Or so maybe I'll make allowances for the fact that, they are coming in with a different cultural perspective. Maybe I should be offering them the respect instead of demanding the respect for myself. Mm-hmm. And they're coming in with a cultural, a different cultural palate as well. Right. So you're not used to eating that shit. And I know for a fact you don't like mouse turd on your tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a ketchup man. Yeah. <laughs> more of a ketchup and liquor than mouse turd in my tortilla. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> But they got to be mindful as well. It's it's a two-way street, so I guess that's where the dilemma starts the resolution. Both people be mindful of the other person's set and walk in to compromise, not to victimize. Well, I guess it's like we like taught our kids from day one. You know, you give the respect that you want to that you want to get. Right. You don't demand the respect. You fucking earn it, and you earn it through like. I think offering it. And you give respect off the bat, but you don't expect it because you have to earn it from that person. So over the last year or so, there's been a lot of fucking idiots going back and forth about black lives matter, all lives matter, blue lives matter. You know, and then there's been you and I sitting here saying, fuck you all, like, no lives matter. But. Or everybody, or every lives matter, including Blue Waffles. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it got me to thinking was, you know, like, I, I, I get where the Black Lives people or Black Lives Matter people are, are coming from, right? Because what they're mm-hmm. trying to do is draw attention to the fact that, hey, Black Lives Matter too. Right, and everybody's get, all lives matter equal across the board. So we're here too. Hello. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I get to a degree where the all lives matter people are coming from. They'll be like, you know, it's not your life's not valuable because you're black. It's valuable because it's a life. But it, it really got me to thinking, as you know, most things do. I tend to overthink. Was that like I don't honestly think that all lives matter. Not even like all black lives. If I'm going to be completely honest, not to me. The lives I think that matter to me and that matter to most people are the lives that, for whatever reason, they've got some sort of emotional connection to. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of the lives, I mean, we can pretend on social media or we can pretend when people are watching. But are you really shedding a fucking tear over every life that you've heard has ended or right. only the ones that have impacted you in some way? Fair enough. You know, there are, there are a lot of... and now. I do believe there are a few people, few, small amount, minute, that believe all lives matter. 
they're definitely not the norm, though. Right. Because I can tell you honestly, when somebody hears about, oh, there was a car accident on Highway 1, or there was a car accident in the I-95, they don't pull over and start crying. No, but when the fucking space shuttle blows up, the whole goddamn continent's in tears. Right. Or, but here's, here's the difference I was trying to make. If somebody's driving down and they hear their grandfather's name died in a car accident on I-95, then they pull over and, and cry. Yeah, so, I mean, that ties right into the emotional attachment angle, right? Right. You know, and, and though I do believe, even though I think most people are shit, I do believe all lives matter in the sense that everybody should take care of themselves. Everybody should, you know, if you know somebody that's down and out, help them out, be there for them, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, because life is precious. Right. But I'm not the type of person who's going to go to fucking Cambodia and turn my life into something it isn't because I want to make everybody think I feel something that I don't. Well, it's the thing. Like, I can be compassionate. I can be empathetic. Right. I can, like, walk by some homeless piece of trash and think, you know what? You look fucking hungry and I'm not a piece of shit. So, you know, here's a fucking sandwich. Right. Right. It doesn't mean I'm losing sleep over this guy's plight. And if he freezes to death the same night I give him the sandwich, it's possible I'll feel a little weird about it because, hey, I just talked to that guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll feel weird about it because I'll pick up the fucking onion sandwich. Don't want to go to waste. (laughs) But I mean, like at the end of the day, is it really like, does it matter? Like, does it resonate with me on an emotional level? Does it alter my existence in any meaningful way? Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to be honest... Like, I don't care if this makes me sound like a piece of shit, because maybe, yeah, maybe I am. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't matter to me. See, for me, in this that specific example, it makes a difference because it puts me back to where I could have froze to death. So that creates an emotional trigger for me from where I was in my past. So maybe it's not that, like, all lives matter. It's that, like, all lives matter to somebody. Right. And and that's that's a perfect turn of phrase, I think. All lives matter to somebody, but not all lives matter to everybody. Because, I mean, like, even, like, the the BLM movement, right? It's like, yeah, I'm with them. I think Mm -hmm. black lives fucking matter. Absolutely. But, you know, like, if you're, like, a real racist, probably those lives are not valuable. Right. And no amount of, I think, putting it on the forefront is really going to get the people that don't give a shit to start giving a shit. Mm -hmm. No, but on the other side of that coin, you know, I may not go out looking to love everybody in the world but and i'm going to exclude race because the truth is i don't give a fuck about race race. yeah neither do i fuck it it's just something to joke about yeah if i see a human being being beat up by two other human beings i don't care if one human being's in the wrong i'm going to jump in there and make the fucking odds fair yeah that's reasonable I'm not going to stand by and cheer somebody on for two people kicking the shit out of one person. Yeah, that's fucking weak. Yeah. You know, so in that sense, you know, yeah, I do believe all lives matter. If I see somebody getting whipped and they don't deserve it, then I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do something. That's the type of person, I, that's the protector I am. That That's going way back to don't claw my cowl, but that's the type of person that I live to be. You know, the protector, that somebody jump in and don't fuck with the little guy. If you're going to fuck with somebody, at least make it fair, be even, because everybody deserves that kind of treatment. Okay, well, let me, like, throw this back at you, though, like, to, right. to scale up your scenario. Like, you don't like the two-on-one thing, because the, the shitty odds, the injustice of it all, it, it bothers you. It offends your sense of decency. Correct. So, do you get similarly outraged when, like, 
a system of government or a system of law or a judicial system or whatever is set up in such a way where it seems to show favoritism for one group or, you know, maybe against another? Uh, that's a loaded question. To a point, there are... Like, do you feel like you want to jump in and change the system when you see that it's unfair? If it's unfair, yes. Okay, well, like, never mind, like, the, the like broad sense legal system. Let's talk about, like, um, parental custody rights. Okay. Because where we live, I think it's fairly obvious that the, um, the the family courts sort of favor the mother in most scenarios. Right, as well as the, the people who reinforce the uh, financial payout to the mothers. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So th- this is a system that is like obviously unfair. And I know it's something that you and I have talked about before. It's something that we both are bothered by because we're both like strong advocates for equality at least in a conversational way right but does that that family court system does that bother you to the point where you want to get directly involved the same way like your two-on-one fight scenario does absolutely and i have have gotten involved okay you know i very firmly believe that the true situation shouldn't be looked at the gender of the parent it should be looked at the quality of care given to the life that they're talking about like really the best interest of the child like in an objective way not just a sexist way right oh she's a woman so she's more prepared to care for for care for the kids or he's a dad and he's got more of this he's got more money than she does therefore he can take care of better no no i don't agree with either system work out a scenario that works best for the kid not because of what the parents have but because what the parents can emotionally give to the children because that's the root of the of the proper upbringing you may not be able to feed them steak every day but you can feed them properly and give them the love nourishment that they need Sure. So do that on a fair, not because, oh, she's got a vagina, so she instinctually is a better mom. Well, she might be a better lay, but yeah, better mom, not necessarily, right? Right. Well, not necessarily even a better lay, but a lay not Well, you're saying you like want to have sex with a dad in this scenario? No. Well, okay. If the dad used to be a mom, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we both highbrowed and lowbrowed ourselves this one. That was a little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know, really know what to add to that. I, if anybody out there wants to add anything and wants to have further discussion about it, feel free to send us an email at missionarypod at gmail.com. Yep. Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, their employees, or its entertainers are in no way comparable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you as a human being cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you in your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. Send your opinions, hate mail, food pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at missionarypod and like us on Facebook at missionarypositionpod. If you are so inclined to help this broadcast get better, or just wish to help out, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash missionarypod.